Gridbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. But that's not the way God works. He, he didn't give me a marriage and a family so that I could do it by myself. He gave me these things so that I would lean on Him and trust Him and let Him be the dad that He wants to be for me. We are women encouraging and equipping women to universally and uniquely serve Christ in their feminine vocation. By embracing joy, laughter, freedom, and friendship, we are seeking to thrive in the trenches of our domestic churches. Welcome to Thriving in the Trenches podcast. This is Becky Carter. And this is Megan Treiber. You're listening to episode 54. And today we're talking about good manners and how those lessons can draw us closer to the Lord. Joining us today is Lindsay Schlegel. Lindsay is a daughter of God, a wife, a mother, an author, and an editor. She's worked in basically every aspect of book publishing, from book selling to marketing and publicity, from agency work to editorial. Since 2011, she's worked as a freelance editor, and she contributes writing to a number of online sites, including Verily, Catholic Women Run, Natural Womanhood, and CatholicMom.com. She's the author of the recently released Don't Forget to Say Thank You and Other Parenting Lessons That Brought Me Closer to God. She lives in New Jersey in her husband's childhood home, with her husband, obviously, and their four children, three boys and one girl. Another child awaits them in heaven. And Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you guys. Lindsay, I always like to start out asking our guests to share with our listeners a little bit about themselves, a little bit how you were raised and uh, what brought you to where you are today. Sure. Uh, So I grew up in New Jersey. My husband and I actually grew up in the same town, but didn't know each other until we were 16. He went to private schools. I went to public schools. Um, We went to the same church and I went to mass with my mom. Um, I have a brother who decided Catholicism wasn't for him at a fairly young age. um, And my dad doesn't practice anything. Um, and my mom and I used to count how many kids were in this family in front of us. We knew there were two girls and like maybe three or four boys, but we weren't sure. And then I married into that family and now I live in their house. Um, we, so we live with my husband's parents. Um, uh, so in the same town we grew up and we lived in Manhattan and Brooklyn for a while and then came back 
home. Um, so it's really wonderful to be raising our kids in the church where we met, uh, where we made the majority of our sacraments. Our children are making theirs um, there as well. Um, I I did work in um, publishing after graduating from college. And once our first son was born, I left the traditional way to do that and started freelancing from home. So I edited mostly children's books, but that's um, expanded into all kinds of other stuff, which is super interesting. People write about really um, interesting, sometimes interesting in a ooh, hmm, kind of a way, and sometimes in a, like, I just learned six words of Hebrew kind of a way. Um, so I've learned lots from that work. And recently, my first book was published, which is super exciting. It's quite literally a dream come true. Um, and it was very much the work of the Holy Spirit. I've been Catholic, I guess you could say, my whole life. Um, but being a mom helped me understand it in a very different way. Um, initially, having just a, a tiny baby in my arms made me understand the way that God loves me as his daughter, just simply for existing. I mean, you hold a newborn in your arms and you don't, um, you're not thinking what I'm going to love this child if he becomes an astronaut or if he, um, solves world hunger or even little things. It's not, if anything, it's just, I love this kid because he exists. And that helped me to better understand the way that God loves me simply because I exist. As my children got older, um, I had a moment where I heard my older son, uh, <laughs> arguing, yelling, whatever word you want to put to it, to uh, his younger brother, basically a phrasing that I knew he had gotten from me. It was something about their toys or something, but something borderline snarky, um, not something that a five-year-old boy generally comes up with on his own. And I realized that he was learning some bad habits from me, and I didn't want that to happen anymore. So I knew the only way to change that was to change how I was behaving because I'd been telling him not to do things like that, but he was seeing me doing something else. So, um, how was I going to change that? I, I thought about it. I prayed about it, had pneumonia and ended up in bed for two weeks. So I had a lot of time to think about it. And it occurred to me that the things that I was saying to my kids, things like stop whining or be patient or speak with charity are the kinds of things that God wants for me too. He's saying those same things to me. Um, and sometimes the words are coming out of my own mouth and I think I'm saying them to someone else, but I really need to be listening to them. And thinking about those phrases helped me to think about the importance of mass and the importance of confession and fraternal correction and gratitude as a whole, the saints, the sacraments, um, mother Mary, all of these things that are so integral to our faith. They're the same kinds of things that we're trying to teach our children to kind of help them be civilized. Um, but there's more than that. This is, I mean, we're all called to be saints. We are all drawn to heaven and it's in these little things. We know that right from St. Therese of Lisieux and from other saints, that it's these little things that can draw us closer to God. And so being a mom definitely helped me understand not only my role as a mother, but also more profoundly my role as a daughter and what, what that means and how God sees me and what he wants for me. Wow. I, I love all that. It, it, you know, and it's so true. I was breaking down as you said that. I was like, stop whining. Could you imagine hearing that from our Heavenly Father? But we do say that to our kids. And, um, you know, I definitely see, you know, lessons in motherhood when, you know, there's a huge shift when the focus is on being grateful versus 
you know, complaining and, and, and whining and those things. And it's true. If we can turn that, that lens back towards ourself and apply it in our faith life, what fruit can come from it? Um, yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, the, the title when I first pitched the book was how many times have I told you this, which, um, is something I say to my kids a lot also, um, but drew me back to the word of God and to how often I hear the same things at mass, but don't really pay attention to them. So I kind of thought that that chapter was about mass. And then the publisher said, well, how about we call it? Don't forget to say thank you, because there is a theme of gratitude um, and the importance of gratitude throughout the book. And I love that that even more precisely draws us back to the Eucharist because the Eucharist is the ultimate Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and the source and summit of the Christian life. Right. So I think that's really amazing that I didn't, even, I didn't even see that in the book as I was writing it, but there is that thread of this is what we're called back to. We're called back to say thanks and in the good times and in the bad, right? We're supposed to pray, pray without ceasing and also mm-hmm. give thanks in all things. So if we're supposed to be doing two things all the time, right? We have to be doing them at once. Mm-hmm. And also like there's Cheerios on the floor. So how am I going to put all of these things together um, and be grateful and have everything I'm doing be prayer? Um, I think that's something I learned even more as I was writing the book that giving thanks is not just um, dialogue. It's not just something we say or we hear. It's something we do. Mm-hmm. So there's chapters about taking care of our bodies, about eating well and getting enough sleep. And those things are prayer too. And those are prayers of gratitude. When we take care of the body that God has given us as best we can without being excessive, without being vain. Um, but there's a way to just take care of our bodies and, and help them do the things that God built them to do. That's a way to say thank you, God, for this body and for this life and for the fact that I can walk across the room. I'm grateful for that. So I'm going to take care of my body so that I um, can stay in good shape and continue to be able to serve um, however you're calling me to, to be ready. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. It, it, what you may not know is that that passage from Second Thessalonians is is a a hallmark for me in in everything because if the, if you continue on yes rejoice always and to be thankful in all circumstances the finishing line of that is for that is God's will for you and and this is the, like I can just remember thinking wait a second his will before I'm searching out what my next step is and where he's willing me to you know how many people in spiritual direction are constantly asking that I'm not really sure where God's leading me to next or what this next piece is the very first thing is that thankfulness. And sometimes it's hard to be thankful in situations, but we're, we're still called to, to, right. to be able to do that. And that, that's been a game changer, uh, at least in our house as well, and has really shifted that uh, mindset to gratitude. And I'll tell you, if you have a house, of, um, well, now we technically have five teens in the house, <laughs> There's this weird thing that happens. Um, it's called entitlement <laughs> after a certain age. And some of it's brain development. Some of it's just the culture that they live in. And I'll tell you, gratitude is a sure cure for entitlement. Yeah, it, I mean, it takes it takes the, um, the focus off of yourself, right? You have to think about the other person. There's, mm-hmm. there's humility in there that I feel like even with my oldest, who just turned eight, we're already working on things like that, that this is not all about you. This is not just what you want. Um, you have to think about the other people in our family and in our world and keep them in mind too, when you're making decisions or choosing the way you're going to speak 
or what you're, where you're going to, how you're going to spend your time. Mm-hmm. You know, I think even just understanding what the the true definition of love, how do we love our neighbor and what the word charity means and willing the good of the other over yourself. I mean, I know that sounds so simple to us um, if we've been in our Catholic faith for a long time or, um, you know, the definition is, is uh probably rolls off our tongues. But I know after being away from the church and I never knew that definition, it was a game changer for me. (laughs) Sounds crazy. But, you know, I always related to love as this emotion, right? If I'm going to love somebody, I have to have that emotion behind, behind the feeling, you know, behind wanting to serve someone. And, and that's always, that was just such a really, bad place that I would get myself into discerning, you know, should I do that? Should I serve this person that way? Do that? Well, how am I feeling? I mean, you know, some, our, our feelings are good. The Lord gave them to us and they are profitable, but at the same time, we can't let those feelings drive everything. And once I finally put, um, the, the Catholic definition of charity into my brain and really pondered that and really applied that, it just, it was a game changer. I was able to really focus on, all right, it's time to die to myself today <laughs> in this way or another way. And, but helping our kids, our, you know, our friends, whomever we are meeting in the day, helping them see what it really means to choose what is good for the other person over yourself. That's um, um, just such a, a huge piece of that uh, growth and sanctification and, and holiness, humility, like you, like you mentioned. Yeah. And, and so much easier said than done, or it sounds, you know, it sounds easy when you're well rested or, you know, <laughs> hanging out with adults who are like able to have a conversation <laughs> rather than like tired, cranky kids. And you're t- cranky because the baby was teething last night, you know, um, definitely easier said than done, especially when, with young kids, especially, I don't know yet about older kids, but I know with young kids, there's a lot of physical demands. Um, sleep is hard to come by. Um, good food is sometimes hard to manage. Um, and I get tired and I get cranky and frustrated and it's a lot harder to be charitable, right. And, and figure out and recognize that the sacrifice, the opportunity for sacrifice you have in front of you really is a sacrifice. And it really is worthwhile rather than just being frustrated and not seeing that opportunity that I could see more clearly if three people weren't asking me for different things at the same time and all expecting them to magically appear with like on the back of a unicorn. <laughs> um, yeah. It's hard not to lose your cool when you have four people at your feet, all asking you something at the same time you physically, your, your brain physically cannot process that information at all. Right. But at the same time, our kids are watching us for the example of how, I mean, they're not going to put it this way, but they're looking for the example of how do I respond to stress Mm -hmm. and how do I deal with multiple demands on me? Um, and so the better we can, I can be that example for them, the more likely I I'm hoping they'll be able to handle it down the line. But really the only way I can do that is if I draw closer to Christ and if, um, he's at the center of my life. So, um, this, the whole process helped me think a lot more about vocation and realize that my vocation as a mom is not just like 
a big overarching theme of my life. It's every day. It's the little things. It's like God gave me these kids, not just so that I could help them get to heaven, God willing, but so that I can help so that he can help me. Like he's calling to me through my motherhood and the book says catholicmom.com on the front. Um, but I'm, my hope is that people who aren't moms and people who aren't Catholics, and I've already had people in those situations read the book and tell me they could still get something out of it. And this was still relevant to their lives that God is calling to us through the circumstances that he put us in. And we need to trust that even the things that seem really hard or seem impossible, there's a reason that he's put us there. Um, and we need to lean on him. Like our world tells us that we can and should do it all and do it all on our own. But that's not the way God works. He, he didn't give me a marriage and a family so that I could do it by myself. He gave me these things so that I would lean on him and trust him and let him be the dad that he wants to be for me. I love that. It's it's so important. You know, I'm I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, it's been a while since my kids have been that little and and I can remember I would joke, but it wasn't always a joke. Sometimes I'd be like on a 48 shower cycle, 48 hour shower cycle, right? Oh, like yeah. not not because I chose to like skip a day of showering. It was like, well, I actually never got in bed last night. Like, you know, you have six children, eight and under and a tra- uh, traveling husband, you know, you're like you you are doing oftentimes what you can to survive. I hate to say it like that, but you know, I I can remember my husband checking in like, "How's everybody?" I'm like, "They're all alive." Like <laughs> like I know where the youngest one is. <laughs> you know. So, um uh, you know, joking, I really did have to laugh through a lot of it because otherwise there'd be moments that that I'd be feeling like I could cry. But let me tell you something. If I were on that cycle, hadn't showered in, you know, 48 hours, maybe I didn't even get in bed that night because I was up with two kids all night. If I were out in public, you could bet I kept it together. And I wasn't getting short with anybody. I was putting, I could, I could get through and be courteous and not complain. So, and then, you know, I'd come home and it would be a little different story. So there was that like, wow, how can I really get myself so together to respond to somebody who I really, you know, they're not part of my family. I'm not sacramentally bound to. And um, because I'm so concerned about not being courteous to them. And yet here are the people that I live for, that I'm sacramentally bound to and that are have been given to me as a gift. And I'm like, I've my fuse is super short with them. So I think that was something that helped me too, because I thought, you know, I can say circumstantially, that's really hard to do this. And it is hard to do it. But there's always a choice, because I made it when I was at the grocery store, to be really um, kind to that person, even though I barely had anything in me. So it was, it's hard. But there's always a choice to make, you know, in those situations. And for me, it was that same thing. It's like just constantly going, going to the Lord because there's no other way I could get filled up other than, other than with Him. Right. So. And He doesn't expect us to do it any other way. I think the world expects us. The, girl, the world keeps trying to fill in this gap that is just not going to get filled in with anything else. Um, and I think it's so important for our kids to see that we're filling in that gap with God. You know, sometimes it's like, mommy, I'll say, mommy needs a minute or I'm going to take a one minute break. I'll set a timer on the microwave and say, no one could talk to mommy for one minute. And maybe I'll say a Hail Mary, like just loud enough that they can hear me. And they know that I am calling on something else for strength on someone else because I can't do all of this right now. I can't do it all by myself. Um, and I really wasn't asked to. I mean, there are there 
if you look at the, the, the language of the sacrament of matrimony and the language of at a baptism, we're not supposed to be doing this by ourselves. We're not supposed to be trying. That's why it's not working, right? Because we weren't, we in the sacraments and family life weren't built to function this way without God being a part of it. Um, and it f- functions best when he's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, and the body of Christ. You know, I know I, I couldn't do this without friends. I mean, I can't, I can't tell, <laughs> tell you how many times I've had to call on Megan and say, you know, your kids are older. This is where I am. I don't know what to do, you know? And, and of course, getting wise counsel is one way, going to the Lord, sitting at his feet and, at, you know, in adoration and prayer and all that, but also having the wisdom of friends. You're fortunate you have family, you know, some of us don't have family and it does make it a little more difficult for you to get away, have, you know, you know, if you don't have the babysitting money budget and there's just so many different things whenever we're in the midst of raising our children that um, everybody's situation is unique, yet it's all the same. (laughs) We're all just trying to get to the next step and it's hard like, are, are we as moms really talking about how hard it is? Like, do we really feel free to admit that? <laughs> because I know that I probably needed to hear other moms talk about how hard it was when I was in the thick of my five little ones, all little, <laughs> and they're always at my feet, always all five talking to me at the same time. And I just wanted to blow my top. I didn't have the sacraments at that stage in my parenting either because we were, when we were away from the church. So I, I didn't have that. But anyway, my point being is that I hope that if you're a listener and you know that you have friends who might need to hear you admit that it's hard, but we can do it. Like we need that encouragement. Also just reach out to a sister and, and check on your friends, make sure they're doing okay. And if they're not, let's find a way to love on each other and really build each other up in, in, in this vocation of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I remember one particular time. I like that Becky, because we do, we do have to encourage each other and some people aren't great about sharing it. It is hard for some people to say, I'm really drowning this week, you know. Um, I can remember one particular time, craziness, somebody had to get to confirmation practice. um, And as a result of, you know, many children that we have and having to meet multiple deadlines and pickups and, you know, I was late for whatever this thing was. And my daughter was so upset. And I'm saying, I know, I'm sorry. Okay, just listen, just run in. You're not going to miss a picture. Just go in. Like, I'm frazzled. She's frazzled. I'm getting out of the car. Somebody's, as the as I'm opening the door, like, I think it was John Paul. He's like screaming, crying at the top of his lungs. Like, anybody who was near us knew that it just wasn't a good situation. Like, clearly we're all frazzled. <laughs> and there was this mom who was standing out there and and... She just looked at me and said, well, you better better hope your daughter gets in there on time. You know, some comment that just, and all I could say was, I'm doing the best I can. Like, that was, that was the only thing that could come out of my mouth. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was such a hurtful comment that 
was like kind of thrown at me. I mean, you know, instead of like, you know, the car door opening and all this happening instead of, Hey, can I help? <laughs> Cause clearly, right. I, clearly I'm struggling, but, but I think what happens is, you know, uh, when we're, um, kind of maybe turned inward or focused on ourselves and, you know, I'm not really sure why that woman made that comment other than whatever the reason, maybe she was worried she was going to be late. So, you know, I'm sure there was, you know, she's speaking from her own woundedness, but, um, we, it really destroyed me. I'll be honest like that, like just, you know, I think my husband was traveling that week and I did go home feeling like I stink, man. I can't even, I can't even get my one daughter to the picture on time, (laughs) you know? So I think it's important too, for even women who can't open up and say, Hey, I'm really struggling is to just be in tune. If, if you look at a woman who looks really frazzled, she's frazzled. The last thing she needs is to be pointed out to the fact that she can't keep it together. Right. This is not news. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's in that moment where you can just smile. You can just be like, they got it. She's going to make the picture. You're all good. You know, can I help with anything? There are more important things that are going on, you know, like these, you can, these, we can get through these things. I've had the other, the opposite, um, interaction, but I, I still didn't quite take it the right way. I think early on where I'd be at the store with maybe when I just had two, I remember a couple of times, just random people would be like, you're doing a good job. And I was like, I mean, okay, thanks. But on the other hand, I would think about it later and be like, you actually have no idea if I'm doing a good job. Like that is not stated. Like you don't have any facts to prove that you don't know any of this, like objectively what's going on in my life, what my house looks like, any of these things. And I took, I didn't really let it sink in. I didn't take it sincerely. Um, and now I'm thinking now, actually I say it to other moms because I think we all need to hear that, that like you are doing a good job and maybe something got messed up today and maybe your fuse was a little short or, you know, you had a plan and then someone got sick and now that isn't your plan anymore or something. All kinds of things happen. But like, I think we all need to be encouraged just because we're here and we're trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't need to know the details to actually give you a grade on how I think that's how kind of how I was thinking. Like, but you don't you don't know if I'm trying because you don't know what my goals were. And like, what is that? Like, there is no report card on motherhood or just on being and like trying to find our worth and our value as people, it does not actually hinge on what we accomplish throughout the day. Um, and, and how well matched our kids socks are, you know, I think mm-hmm. we need to focus more on the fact that we are just loved simply because we exist. And like more than anything, that's what I want my kids to know. I want them to know, um, you know, we say like who's who they are and whose they are. That's what I want them to know. I want them to know that mommy loves them, daddy loves them, their families love them, but God loves them even more than that, just because they exist. Not because they earned it, not because they not in spite of anything, just because they exist. And I think there are too many people in our world who don't understand that and don't accept it. And I think that's where a lot of other scary, ugly things can come from, from not knowing that you are loved simply for existing because we are, and we all yearn for that. Um, and even like studying, studying English in college and reading all kinds of novels and different, um, just stories about people. I think we're, that's really what we're all coming back to because that's what we we're created for. We are created to love and to be loved. And so that's where our hearts yearn and that's what we desire. 
I think that that is probably the most poignant part of the conversation that we're having today. And honestly, I want to end the conversation right there because this is where we need to be. This is where we need our children to be. You are so correct in, in, in saying it so eloquently that we are loved purely because we are. And if people in the world would really understand that, um, I think our world would be in a different place. I know our world would be in a different place because we would be more in line and closer to God, our Father, our Abba Father, the one who loves us so deeply, and He knows us. (laughs) He knows us even more than we know us. And that can sometimes be a little scary. (laughs) But um, despite all the ugliness that we are still trying to work through in our own lives, God loves us. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing. And we'll be praying for you and encouraging you while you're in your trench. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, Lindsay, it's been awesome. And um, we will encourage our readers to find you. We'll put all of our information, uh, your information on our show notes so they know where to track you down. Thank you so much. All right, Becky, Lindsay was great. We just need to be reminded. I mean, we know this, but we need to be reminded of our manners. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've heard my kids say something. I think, oh, that's awful. Oh, that's me. They learned that one for me. Oh, it's so bad. Mm, Well, I hope you're gentle on yourself because I'm sure that there are times that you hear stuff and you go, oh, they were good to each other. That's just what we wanted to, you know, I was hoping, you know, Mm um, yeah, so that's great. So I, I love that she was able to share all of that. I mean, motherhood certainly has the opportunity to do that for us, right. Is to kind of open up, um, a new lens for us, but I, you know, he does that. God does that in every situation that we're in. There's, there's the opportunity for a new lens to view him and how he's, he is calling us to a higher level of holiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one point in the conversation, it was when we were talking about giving thanks and all things. And of course, it, you know, listeners, if, if you've listened to us at all over the last year and a half, you know that Megan and I, this is a really big part of our own personal journeys is learning how to give that thanks and everything, everything, even the really difficult things and and how the Lord has, has shown us over and over and over when we give him thanks for even those difficult things, he it, it's like we're giving him permission to redeem it. And that's really where the power is. It's so easy to forget that God's not just redeeming our souls, right? He's redeemed everything. Everything on earth has been redeemed because it is his creation. Now, we are still in this process of sanctification and we haven't met the beatific vision. I understand that. We're still in a fallen world. But turning our our difficulties, our praises, everything, all the good, all the bad, and giving it back to Him and thanking Him for them actually gives Him that, that space to redeem it and, and bring the good from it. Mm, exactly. He is the Redeemer. 
Yes. Yes, he is. And uh, such a good, loving redeemer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, I was saying that, you know, gratitude is a sure cure for entitlement, but um, gosh, it really is. And, um, even in our, even in our own, our own hearts, you know, um, I started doing something really just simple each morning and night. And it's just about, uh, it's, you know, we, we have our routines of what we do in the morning and night, but I just added this really simple thing of just this asking the father each morning to just take care of me during the day, just mm-hmm. this simple, just gesture and, um, returning at the end of the day on my knees and thanking him for taking care of me. But I, I keep just getting so overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, like looking back on the whole day, like you supplied for me again and again and again. And I mean, like I didn't have to worry about where I was getting food. I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, all it just kind of, it, it's almost like a simple act brings me back to the simple gifts and realizing that God's goodness isn't complicated and our gratitude doesn't have to be complicated. So it's, um, I, I, I appreciate this, even though, you know, it seems a little bit like a simple message. It's, it's really, I think, foundational to a deeper relationship with, um, with God the Father. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you say it's a simple message, but I find it, it's not always that easy to live it, mm. <laughs> you know? So, so I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I definitely need to hear that simple message over and over, especially when I'm walking through a trial or something where I can't see where my faith is really being tested and stretched. Mm. So yeah. I, I thank you for saying it. Hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So should we wrap up another episode of Thriving in the Trenches? Absolutely. All right, guys. We really are so very thankful for those of you who have been supporting us on the podcast. Uh, We love that you are joining us for another week here in the trenches. We really, speaking of being grateful, we really are grateful to have all of you. So remember, you can find show show notes for all of Lindsay's goodies at thrivinginthetrenches.com. That's also where you can find the support button if you would like to support the podcast. Please subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter where you can join the conversation. Thanks for coming. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.